The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart Smith. That's, that's a hell of a haircut. Busy's man on the MMA community. Man, I am so sorry for those people that don't know what Gilbert's talking about. You've got you've got the patience of a saint, my brother. <laughs> so I messaged Gilbert. I said, you're good for the podcast. Can we do Wednesday? Can we do this? Can we do that? I must have changed it on you five times. And then at today least, I'm like, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, are we good for 2 p.m.? And you're like, yeah, I am. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling Brian and Harrington. Oh, shit, man. How you been? I'm good, bro. Crazy hard week, training camp. You know, you know how it is. Like a couple of days are, couple of days is more nice. Couple of days are worse. So today was was another war day, but it was good. Yeah, you do look a little tired. If I'm honest, I do. No, I am. I am just recovering now. We spar. I had five rounds today. Like on the beginning, I think next week I'm going to do three and three. But leading up to the fight, we do a lot of volume, so we do more rounds. We want to be ready. So I've been doing a lot of five rounds. I'm I'm very happy that next year is gonna drop to three rounds. So it should be it should be a little bit easier. But I'm I'm freaking tired today. Yeah, of course you got a big fight coming up soon though. Jack Della Madalena. Um, he's a great boxer. He's an awesome yes. guy as well. Yeah, I've nice been around Jack a, a little bit. Nice guy, really nice yeah. guy. What do you make of him? Uh, he's a tough dude. You know, I cornered against him in the Contender Series when he went to. To the contender series, he fought one of my teammates, Angelusa. And Angie's tough, bro. Angie's very strong guy. He he born in Congo. He grew up in Switzerland. He went to Switzerland after the war. But he grew up in Congo, bro. All those those guys are huge. And that was a toe-to-toe fight. He won by by decision. Jack won by decision. Later, Angie got one more win, got to the UFC, but I was there very close watching. And I saw how durable and how tough this guy is. And his hands are so sharp. And people kind of making a mistake because two fights ago, he fought uh, Basil Hafez, that guy that was a short notice. He got a fight in like a week notice, something like that, when Sean Brady pulled out. And Jackie got taken out a couple of times. But he kind of, like the way I see, he was trying to grapple more. He was trying to catch the guy on the on the, on the guillotines. He put himself out there, trying to to improve. You know, trying to get better. I don't. People kind of always gonna be thinking. I don't think so. I think the guy is legit. He's strong because I know how strong Angie's and those guys were like toe to toe. Like, oh my god, that guy's gonna be strong. So I respect the guy. Six and zero in the UFC is not for everyone. Like we know how how tough the US, UFC is, and. um Hungry guy, upcoming, and I knew whenever he doesn't have a fight coming up, his stuff people for sure be saying no. When my phone rings, I knew I knew I got I got to solve a problem for Shane Shelby. So when they asked for this match up, I said yes. You know I, I like this fight. This guy's tough, 
he deserves a big fight. I'm not going to be the guy that that hold to no one's position. You know, if he deserves, let's do it. Let's fight for it. Let's see what you got. You know, I like that fight. Yeah, well, as you say, six in a row. He's building a good name. He's well-respected by all the fighters. And you're one of the best welterweights on planet Earth. Last time we saw you was against Bilal Muhammad. Yes. And I know you injured your shoulder going for a takedown. Was that round one? Yeah, first round. How frustrating was that fight for Uh, you? Extremely frustrating. Like, taking nothing away from Bilal Muhammad, he went out out there and he won the fight. But, yeah, I was compromised the beat. Like have for have two minutes and a half to three minutes on the first round, I was compromised. Couldn't do this. Nothing in my left arm was super frustrating. Just uh, especially that was a short notice, and I had fight in Brazil against Neil Magnet four months without him in Miami. That was just a couple weeks after I was fighting again. Three fights in five months was a lot, but physically, mentally, I was freaking ready to be out there. And cannot do nothing that you train. I couldn't shoot for a takedown. I couldn't throw nothing. I could throw a couple right hands, a couple kicks, but that's it. That's not even half of my game. So yeah, was very frustrating to be there five rounds and not be able to kind of execute, not even half of what I'm capable of. Yeah, and and I understand you probably want to be careful what you say because. People always say, oh, he's making excuses. No, no, no. no. But, but that's not an excuse. That's no. legit. I mean, no, I've he been won't. There. The guy won't. Fair enough. You know, he yeah. won't. He went out there. Yeah. I was a little bit frustrated in the beginning because I want to go on my shield. You know, you know I cannot do much. Freaking try to finish me. He didn't even try it. But he just he just need a win. You know why he risked. You know, I kind of take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm in peace with that. I think he went out there. He got a win. Your opponent got hurt. It is what it is, so not, not much to say about Bilal Muhammad. And I got her. The guy didn't do nothing wrong, and he deserves a title shot, but it's just freaking frustrating situation. When I And and the phone call is, if you get the win, you fight for the title, and then you uh, go and boof. And oh, my God. Plus five months of recovery. Surgery? No surgery, thank God. We have steam cells now the day. I did three shots of steam cells. It helped me big time. I I avoid the surgery by super close. I I, I have fractures on my ligaments on the on the deltoid and on the AC joint. AC joint it doesn't look normal now. It looks a little bit up, but it's normal. It, it, it's I can do anything with my shoulder. It's hundred percent healed. But yeah, it was frustrating. Did you feel? The benefits from the stem cell because I'm talking to I a did. company called BioAccelerator. Yeah, I almost went there. I almost went there. I was so yeah. close to go there, but then I think I, I'm I'm not pretty sure. But when I talk to the UFC, I think you don't need that problem. But someone got caught with your Zada something out there, right. so they don't want to risk me to go out of the country. So UFC found found the guy here in Salt Lake City and they sent this thing cell for me. So I did it here, but. I was that close. We were in talks. I was almost going to Colombia, but last minute UFC asked me to not to go. Well, I'm going to go to Colombia. I'm going to go do some stem cells because my back's fucked. (laughs) I was, to be honest, after the fight, I went to the doctor and doctor took an MRI. He he said, man, it looks bad. I think you're going to need a surgery, but let's try to do a stem cell for a month. I'm going to do the same cell. I'm going to order. 
This week I put this in and say, we wait for a month. I don't want you to do anything. You cannot, you just can't walk. I don't want you to run. I don't want you to lift it. I don't want you to do anything and wait one month and we're going to see after that. So after one month, we got back, we took another MRI and he said, see, it's healing. I don't think really? need, we don't think you're going to need another surgery. Let's put another stem cell. So I put a second stem cell. I got back after like a month or so and I got back slowly with the PT and they put another stem cell and they showed it was finally kind of responding, getting better. And now Gilbert's back, 100%. Yeah, ready to rock, ready to take on Australia's finest. Jack Della Madaleda, UFC 299, right. Miami. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go. Got me fired up now. Let's go. Put it. I'm going down to Colombia. I'm going to get stem cells. I'm coming sure. out of retirement. I'm going to fucking do it. Me and you, main event. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to come back, Gilbert. I love watching you fight. You're one of the coolest guys in all of mixed martial arts. I want to ask you about the fights this weekend, UFC 298 going down. Um, there's a guy fighting on there in your weight class. You used to train with him. He's, he's from Ireland. He's called Ian Gary. Um, he's taking on Jeff Neal. Obviously, this is your weight class. What do you think about that fight? Uh... It's a tough fight, to be honest. I think Geoff New hits super, super hard. He has good boxing. I just think he's very inconsistent. And uh, the results show it because I remember even even back in the days, he, 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 bro, he beat, I think he was the last guy, one of maybe the last one to beat Bilal Muhammad. And he destroyed Bilal Muhammad. And on the next fight, he was fighting New Magni, the guy that kind of, very tough. I have a record in the, on the world away division, but kind of like he's not consistent. You get a couple wins, lows. It's kind of it's kind of that. And then he lost to New Magni, and then he get a couple wins, and then he lost, and then cancel couple a lot of fights got canceled, and then he doesn't make weight a couple times. Not it was not like one time. Last time he didn't make weight. Last one he got canceled against Ian. I think he's very inconsistent with his performance. Sometimes he show up like, oh my God, like that guy can become a champion. Sometimes he shows up like, uh, so with that being said, Ian is very consistent. That I like the guy a lot. He's crazy. He likes to talk. When I fought Ham, Hamza Shemaev, he fought on the same card and that guy don't stop talking. He has a crazy energy that I like, bro, I like you, but leave me alone for a little bit. I need to focus on my fight. <laughs> And we really had that conversation. And uh and he's still my guy. He, he called me a week ago. We're still cool. He's still a friend of mine. Yeah. And uh I think he's very consistent. And he has one thing that he has that Joff knew fail a couple of times is the gas tank. After COVID or something like that, he said that one of his interviews, he's very afraid to get tired. Sometimes he's slowed down a lot on the second round. That's when he lost to Neil Magny. Even Shavkat, that's when Shavkat stopped putting a pace on him on his last fight. If you get a little plumbery gas tank, if you're just a striker and fighting another striker, Ian Gary has a crazy gas tank. That guy can, he's so fast and he has the volume for days. That's what I'm taking. If I'm taking the consistency from Ian, the speed, the volume, the momentum, and if it got Jeff New inconsistent, lost a couple times, gas tank, little issue. I, I got Ian Gary winning that fight. Not easy. Interesting. Jeff New can finish that fight with one shot. That guy hits like a 
and he hates like a heavyweight. But is he going to hit Ian Gary? That's the question. I, I don't think so, especially on the beginning. That guy is so fast. Good eyes, good movement. I think Ian Gary is going to get away. Look at this guy. He's like an ESPN analyst. <laughs> coming for our job, Gilbert. Um, you mentioned a second ago, when you went down and did the stem cells, they said, don't do anything for four weeks, right? <laughs> when I had that back in the day, you know, they tell you to rest. As fighters, it's the hardest goddamn thing to do, to do nothing. Like when I did my eye, they said, do nothing. Do n Like I couldn't train. Oh, I couldn't even get my heart rate up. Oh, it was about three months. I just sat on the couch yeah. drinking lots of beer, watching Sopranos. I got fat as fuck. And then I said, screw it. And I went for a walk. And my retina redetached. Um, did, you, <laughs> did, did you struggle sitting around for a month? I did. I did mad, especially coming from a loss. Uh, it was, it hurt me, to be honest, because we are fighters, we're competitors, and we're going to make a mistake. And we, I wish we were, we were winning every time, but we're not. We're going to lose. We're going to deal with that. But the best way for me to deal with a loss is to go back to work as quick as possible, watch the fight multiple times and start working on my mistakes and get better and drilling and drilling and drilling and do it again, get better. And then when he said nothing, I said nothing, he said no, nothing. I said, oh my God, so. Oh my God. <laughs> and then I went to the gym and said, you know what? I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna help a couple guys. Work around it. Oh my, that was the worst. So I went to the gym and I saw a couple guys doing a great job. Don't get me wrong. A couple guys were working their butt off. They they trying to get ready to a fight. But a couple guys were lazy and like not working. Then I was looking, then it, it made me feel even worse. You know, like, man. I went to the gym like for three, four days and they say, I'm not going to the gym. It's making me even more anxious. It's getting worse. And then I was kind of, I got to make a routine. I got to do something. Otherwise, I'm going to, I'm going to get crazy. I'm already a little bit depressed. I, I don't want to get to a high level of depression. I don't want nothing to happen. And I said, and then I, I had that conversation with my wife. I got to do something. And then she said, what, what about you helping me with the kids? I, I help me with, with the things at home. And then I said, <laughs> why don't you try being a father? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you that, make the bed? Yes. Back was exactly in the house. Like and they say, you know what? I'm gonna give it a try, you know, I'm gonna give it a try. So that was it. And that kinda of helped me out a lot. I started like waking up early, helping the kids to get up to school. It was even taking a lot of pressure away from her, you know. So and then I was biking with the kids. We we the school's like three blocks away from the house. So we were biking to school and then come back. And then I was kinda of helping out with the home, doing things that I hate to do it, but I, I had good time. So I started doing and go pick up the kids, stay with the family more. And then they had a vacation. Then they had a summer. So we went to Brazil, went to different places. And then I started going to the fights and then I slowly got back to do PT. So it was, that was the thing. I had to make a new routine. That transition when I wasn't doing anything, I want to freaking, I was yeah. so bad. But after two weeks of me adjusting, making a new routine, that helped big time. Gilbert Burns, the housewife. What <laughs> yeah. is what is the worst thing, the worst job that you hate the most in a house? Being a father, how old are your children? Nine and ten. All right, so you're not changing diapers. There's none of that. No, 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 they cook, they cook. Does Gilbert Burns cook? I can cook, bro. I can cook good. So I cook a couple times. I, I'm 
regular every day i do the breakfast i'm the guy that, that i wake up i'm a morning guy so my wife is still sometimes a little slow picking up the pace so i wake up the kids help them to change the shower then i go down and start making the food making everything so was it was actually fun i was yeah i was i was helping out be more with the with the family with the wife with the kids like be more that was that was actually nice i kind of need that yeah. a little bit even too i cannot fight i cannot train so i need to get exit from that for a little bit and and get the other part of gilbert burn is working so it was nice yeah no that's like nice quality time that when you're training for a fight yeah. you don't really get to do that but let me ask you american breakfast or a Brazilian breakfast, nah, and what is American. a Brazilian breakfast? Oh, American! <laughs> yeah, Brazilian breakfast is like pound queijo. You know when they do the the cheese bread, is right. nice. Is a nice cheese Sounds bread, good. and we do a lot of like. Uh, I mean, it's not much. We do like a uh, uh, freaking bread with 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 uh, with butter. It's it's super simple. Coffee, little things, but. I do American. I do eggs. I do bacon. I do oh. pancakes. I do everything. So kids love when I do. So I do a lot. They like. They actually like my uh, my breakfast burrito that I make. This oh. so I make a tortilla. I put avocado. I got eggs. I got bacon. I got cheese on top of the ba- the, the 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 eggs. So I make a nice breakfast burrito for the kids. They love it. That sounds amazing. I, I, yeah. I'm actually starving. So this morning we had the fighter meetings for the for the yes. uh, the fights this weekend, right? Because yes. they're in Anaheim, close to where I live. So I drive down the hotel and I'm starving. And we had the fighter meetings, and it's Thursday, so the fires are cutting way. Yes. And I run out and I, I'm looking for a snack, and I get a breakfast burrito, right? It wasn't the best, but because I was so hungry, it tasted like it the best so thing good. ever. <laughs> and the fires are coming in, and I'm like um, 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 eating this huge burrito. Let me ask you, you're cutting weight, you walk in to do the fire meeting and some fat British bastard <laughs> is sitting there stuffing his face with a burrito. What are you saying? Say, hey, bro, have a bit of respect for the process or do you not care? <laughs> I was with no respect anymore, right? Now I don't need to cut weight. Now we have your fun, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, let's talk about prizepicks.com, who have sponsored today's episode. Prizepicks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of taking on all the pros and the sharks, and it's just you against the numbers, you pick more or less, okay? It really is that easy, okay? So if you're a basketball fan, Steph Curry, Will he get over or under 30.5 points? It's that simple. Damian Lillard, will he get over or under 26.5 points? And if you want to talk about Draymond Green, Draymond Green, over or under 0.5 made three-point shots. I mean, that's all you got to figure out. It's up to you. Take the test, pick your prize, and let's go to the races. Right now, when you go to prizepicks.com and use the code BELIEVE, you can get a deposit match of up to $100. You can 25x your money. You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few simple taps. Prize picks is simple to play. It is available where you get your payment via Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football or basketball season. What more do you want? You want the website one more time. Prizepicks.com slash believe. Use the code believe for a deposit match of up to $100. 
hundred dollars. Um, let me ask you about this as well, because this is crazy. This weekend, Ilya Taporia, Volkanovsky, great fight. Yesterday, I was speaking to Taporia. He says, and because uh, I, I heard this, so I asked him about it. I did an interview. When he's cutting weight on the Thursday night, he drinks half a liter of wine, right? And he said, most rooms, everyone's, you know, they're, they're sad, they're angry, they're hungry, the, the, the mood is very, you know how it is when you're cutting weight, it sucks, right? He said in his room, everyone's getting drunk, right? They're playing music, they're singing, they're dancing, half a liter of wine, that's a lot of glasses of wine. Right. And then he wakes up the next morning and he's like way lighter. And I was like, that just sounds batshit crazy. But he's doing it for real. 100%. That's what he does. He drinks half a liter of wine. I'll be so drunk and hangover the other day. I cannot drink. (laughs) I won't drink. So when I used to drink, I used to be so weak. So I get one beer or one something that was like, crazy upside down going crazy talking crazy that's why i stopped because i said bro if i drink one one cup if i drink one little beer and then i get it makes me more, more go crazy more. so i don't think it's good for me i, I kind of slow down and i stop it i don't drink if i drink a little bit of that i'm gonna be so hangover the other day yeah no i'm fighting no that's that's what i said i said did you not have a crazy headache and then i'm yeah. like I've been doing it wrong this whole time. When I was training wrong. for a fight, I never drink. <laughs> I'm like, drink. I should have been getting fucking drunk this yeah. whole time. I would have been champion of the goddamn world. When's the last time you had a drink, Gilbert? Uh, I think like three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Four. Yeah. 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 Well, good for you. Good for you. Well done. Um, you're still down at Killcliffe? Yes, we're here at Killcliffe. We're doing a good work. By the way, that fight's going to be insane. Topuri and... Uh, and Volkanovski, who you got winning this fight? Well, I'm commentating, so I can't say. You can't but, say? Well, well, because it's disrespectful, right? It's not very professional for me to say, no. I think this guy's going to win. No but, no. but you can. You can say who wins. I like both guys to be honest. Topuria came and he did a camp here. He's he's a monster. He, that guy, he's a great grappler, great striking. Great wrestler too, good takedown defense, good takedown offensive. Hits like he knocked a couple guys down bad. Like he, he hits that oh, really? he's that good. He's very, very good. Nice guy too, though. And I like Vukanovsky a lot too. A monster you don't have enough. I just don't like what he was saying, you know. I don't like I don't like the motivation to 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 the fight. You know, if you ever fight you have a little motivation. You want to become a champion. Like, I like the motivation for Topuria better now. He wants to become a champion. He believes he's going to be the champion. And I just saw a little thing from Volkanovski. Oh, I I got a fight on short notice because I have to fight. I like, meaning like, I had a little mental issue shoot when I don't have a day, when I don't have a fight. And then he got a fight on short notice. And then he got knocked out too. I think my opinion, I'm not judging, it's just my opinion. So it's not a fact too. So he got to fight on short notice, right? End up losing. And you got to fight on short notice. I got to fight on short notice. You become a champion freaking short notice. But you you know even better. Sometimes it's a good decision. Sometimes your body feels good. Sometimes sometimes you, you, you don't regret it. Like, man, that was a good thing. But sometimes it's not. It's not every time that you get fired on short notice that that means things are going yep. your way. 
And I just think he made a mistake because he just lost the guy in a short notice. Higher weight cut. He he said he was drinking the whole week. So obviously it wasn't a good decision. So now if I just made a mistake, if I made a bad decision, now I got to make a good decision, right? So now I got to try to, me, I try to fix what I did wrong. And he's still trying to know, but now I got to write it wrong. I can't, I need to fight again. I need another day, bro. You're still doing the same mistake. Relax. And freaking uh, concussion protocol, how long is that? It's different to everybody. But that was a freaking high kick on the weight division guy. How long ago was that? That was... It was about, it was October, four. wasn't it? November, December, January, four months. That's not bad. I know, but he sparred a lot for this fight. That's what it meant. Like, he's not, yeah. he's not, it's not that he was four months without getting hit. You know what I mean? Like, he'd been getting hit at least two months. He's sparring, at least sparring for this fight. So, I just don't like that. Why you hurry, bro? You're the champion. Relax. You, you mm. try You try a thing. It didn't work. No problem. Take a little time. Clean up the room. Clean up the house. Relax. Take your time. Go back. Get the brush it, out. Get yeah. the mop. Relax. You know? And take now, the kids to school. Back, but don't hurry. So, with that being said, because that he's hurrying, he's pushing, he tried to, to prove something. I don't like that motivation. I got to put your winning in. Not for personal, so, because I do like both guys a lot. But that motivation from Topuria, I think, I don't know, I think it's a little bit better. So if, if I'm hearing you rightly, Gilbert, I think what you're saying is, and I know, you, I know you, you're a very respectful guy, but you think that maybe it's, ah, and I, I don't hope this doesn't come across wrong, maybe a little bit of a mental weakness because he's so bothered about the loss. He wants to get back in there real quick and erase that. But potentially, yeah. that's a big risk, and it could yes. end up going wrong. I don't say I would not say that. I would not say mental weakness, but I'll say it's a little bit his ego trying to. Yeah, yeah. I I do think that ego gotta be in control. If, even that freaking ego that we do have, that we want to compete, that want to sometimes gotta be on check. You know, sometimes we gotta. Especially, he's a freaking champion of the world, like a monster. Have nothing to prove. You lost to, to Islam. Okay, it was a couple of weeks' notice, no problem. My guy, take your time, relax, get better. Oh, I have a problem. If I don't have a date, work on that problem, solve that problem, fix that problem. Then come back, relax. The words are not gonna finish in. I, I mean, we don't know, but the words are not supposedly not finishing three months and four months. Relax. So. Yeah. I don't like that. I still like the guy a lot, and I hope he of does course. a good job. But I, I <clears throat> yeah, and I don't bet you, but if I was betting, I'll put money into Puria because I think that motivation to become a champion, the guy's coming like. So Saturday out. night, Spain slash Georgia has the first ever champion of the world. That's what you're saying? I think so, yeah. Man, man, don't say that. I love, do you know what? I love them both. I was I talking to Toporia yesterday yeah. as well, and he really won me over. They're just such a nice guy That's because good, yeah. the things you see online makes you think that he's really arrogant. Yeah. But I spoke to him, and this guy was so respectful, and he was confident, of course, because you know, as fighters, we got to be confident. But yeah. he was like, he was so, he he, he was a great guy, and and Volkanovski, yeah. the exact same thing. They it's gonna both, be a phenomenal. Yeah, they both are nice guys, and. And another thing too, another thing, and 
we lost by KO to KO, right? We hate that, but it happens. How did you come back on the next fight, Bisping? How did I come back? Yeah, on the next fight. Maybe a little... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I know what you're saying. When I got knocked out against Dan Henderson, when I came back, I was like, you're a little worried. You're I hope a little that nervous. doesn't go away. You know, I hope that stays here. Yeah, but you don't know. And, and it's a good point what you bring up. These are real questions, you know. Number one, there's everyone saying because he's 35 now and there's this statistic that over 35, it's hard to win the fights and he's a lightweight. Then when you get the knockout, you know, at some point, I know he wasn't asleep, asleep, but still, he did get kicked in the head. So I understand what you're saying, but you never know. I guess there's only one way to sell this. Yeah, we're going to gonna watch it. Yes, sir, but they fight. I, don't, I just don't like those questions. We shouldn't be answered those questions. If he relaxes a little bit, if he takes his time, those answers will be, those questions will be all answered. But freaking guy, he's a monster too. I got to respect that. Yeah. He don't care. He's going to come to the fight. So it should be a great fight. Yeah, Volkanovski, he, he's one of the coolest guys as well. Yes. He really is. He's like, there's no ego to him at all. You know, and same with you, Gilbert. You know, I message some people. I say, can you get on the podcast? You know, Volk, you always say yes, even though I changed the time 15 times. Volkanovski's like, straight away. Other people are like, you got to go through my manager. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. kiss my ass, man. Go through your manager. Fuck off. Right. No, <laughs> no respect to the fighters, right? We're fighters. Come on. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. I'll jump on your podcast. Outside of the training and the fight coming up soon, what else have you been doing? I know you've been looking after the kids. You've been making the American breakfast. Anything new in the world uh, of Gilbert Burns? Not much, to be honest. Now a lot of focus on the fight. Uh a lot of focus on the fight right now. I'm kinda like it's only now taking everything away and then Zoning in the fight, and then a couple of weeks, you got two and a half more weeks of training, then we're in a fight week. So, right now, right now, not much, just focus on the fight recovery for sure. Stay with the family, spend a lot of time with the family, yeah. but focus on the fight right now. Real quick, what do you think about Kevin Holland and Michael Venom Page? Obviously, Page is making his UFC debut. Kevin Holland, we all know and love this guy. How do you think that fight goes? Good fight, good matchup. Um, he's going to be interesting to uh. Especially they they probably not gonna grapple. It's gonna be a <laughs> interesting stand up fight with freaking two awkward guy with crazy style. I don't know. I don't know who wins. Uh, I don't know. I think if if MVP wins, he's gonna shake up the division a little bit. But even if Kevin wins, you know, like. We'll see. I don't know. I like this fight. I'm yeah. not even putting so much attention, but it's going to be a good fight. I like this fight. Okay, and then let's bring it back to you. So you fought for the belt. You had a really great fight against Kamara Usman. You are still one of the top welterweights in the world. It was a shame what happened last time, but it is what it is. Does the drive to be the champion, it's still there. Yeah. It's still the same. It's still the goal, right? 100%. When I'm not, I don't think... When I, when I'm when when I do things, I still believe it's gonna happen. I still have a lot of fire. That's what get me training. That's what literally will get me going. And I think if I cannot make it, or it's kind of get, get one loss and then and then I got another loss, I'm done. You know because I'm not. I I can do a lot of things. I can become Michael Bisping, go do a little commentary, make a podcast, get a couple sponsors, get a couple seminars. 
I, I can make money without fighting. I just like to fight and I want to become the best. But I don't think I'm going to be fighting just for paycheck, you know, like a lot of guys do. Oh, you want to be a champion? No, I just want to make money. That's my health and risk, you know. If it's not to become a champion, no way I'm going to do. I'm going to teach. I'm going to podcast. I'm going to do other things. But right now, I want to become a champion. That's I'm putting all. I'm all lean to become a champion. I think I'm super close. Number four now. The words. Yep. Beating Jack Madalena, just beating, just winning. I don't think you're gonna do so much. But if I go out there and I make a statement, really finish this guy, show him levels, this division, that he and everyone know that I've been fighting the best guys in the world for years. Not. Not for one year, but for four or five years in the top of this division, yep. fighting, fighting who is who in this division. If I go over there and really do what I want to do with this guy, I think I'm going to be very close to get another title shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it goes your way, and well, may the best man win because I like Jack as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just just last thing because I was going to say goodbye, but you just said there if it didn't go your way, you'd probably retire. I was talking to Henry Cejudo. And he said the same thing. He said, if I lose to Marab on Saturday night, he said, that's it, I'm done. He said, I'm not here just to make a living. I want to be the champion. And if, if I can't win and I can't be the champion, I'm done. And I respected that so much because you're right, there is a lot of people, you, you make good money, you get attention, you get sponsors, you know, every, you get the, the cheers and the fans and all the rest of it. But he is only, and you, of course, only interested in becoming the champion. For sure. For sure. I think there's yeah. a lot of room to make money outside of that. And I and I'm not and I'm I I'm not gonna say retired. I never gonna put that word on my mouth until I say it. So yeah. I'm not he's not even I'm not even putting that like Harry Sudo, but I I'm here for the win, you know. I'm gonna wanna do everything in my power to get this win, but I don't wanna be that guy that he, we kind of know that that guy never become never going to become a champion. He don't even want it, but he just want to be around. I, I don't want to be this guy, you know. So I'm yeah. here to become a champion and uh, do good fights, entertaining everyone that that is there watching the fights. The people, guys that are at home watching the fights, I want them to be entertained. I want them to feel my energy when I'm fighting. You know, uh, I'm going out there to destroy this guy to put on a show and, and to become a champion. That that's the goal. Well, you always put a show on, Gilbert. Whether or not you've got a torn shoulder or not, we love watching you. Gilbert, thanks for your time today, brother. Really, really appreciate it. I know you're tired. You're like this fucking asshole. Let me get off this call. I'm tired. Are you going to take a nap right now? You look like you're going to go to sleep. I'm going, I'm going to the hyperbaric chamber, so probably a little nap in there. Okay, okay. Well, enjoy the nap, buddy, and thanks for your time. Thank you, my guy. Thank you. All right, Gilbert. Big thanks to Gilbert Burns. He did look exhausted, didn't he, Harrington? Yeah, dude, he was he was powering through for sure. Yeah, I know. Bless him, bless him. He's probably like, can we just wrap this up? This has been half an hour. You said <laughs> 10 minutes on Instagram. Uh, Harrington, you look like you've had a tub of paint thrown all over you. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's what fashion is nowadays, man. You are correct. You, anytime I wear something remotely stylish, I get people in the comment section saying, oh, look at Bisping, dressing like Brendan Sharp or whatever. Like, You know what I mean? It's like, dude, leave me alone. I wore, I, I had a purple T-shirt on a couple of episodes ago, and everyone's like, look, what is he wearing? It's like, shut <laughs> up. 
you're miserable pricks. Normally, I wear a plain black T-shirt. These are $24.99 from Built, B-Y-L-T. It's pretty much what I live in. All right, this episode is sponsored by Shopify. And if you are an entrepreneur, if you have a business idea, if you want to make some money, you got to be online. Now, getting online, building a website sounds complicated, time-consuming, and very, very expensive. Well, not with Shopify. Shopify makes it ridiculously easy and ridiculously cheap. Right now, they will build you a website, essentially. They will allow you to accept every single major payment method. They will give you 24-7 customer help. They will provide an extensive business course library, and they will support you every step of the way. For $1 per month, for a limited time, of course. You can sign up for $1 per month when you go to shopify.com slash believe all lowercase. If you have an idea, if you want to get online, if you have a business, it's time to do it. It's time to take the plunge. And there's never been a better time because $1 per month. I'll say it again, $1 a month. That's ridiculously cheap. It is packed with all the industry tools that you need to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without learning any new skills in design or code. It lets you sell across all the different marketplaces like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, so on and so forth. So take the plunge today. Go to shopify.com slash believe, all lowercase, $1 per month for a trial period, shopify.com slash believe. Your thoughts on this main event, Harrington, because Volkanovski, I understand what Gilbert was saying. I do. But I also understand the mindset of Volkanovski, right? Because I think four months is fine. I really do. I don't think he's rushing back too soon. Uh, He is probably getting up. Well, he is getting older. I don't know what he gets paid. He gets paid a lot of money. He wants to be back in fight camp. He wants to eradicate that memory or loss of memory, whichever way you want to put it, of losing to Islam Makachev because you're only as good as your last fight. He wants to remind the world and probably a little bit himself prove that he's still got it and he's still the man. Uh, problem is, Ilya Taporia, he was walking around yesterday the hotel with the belt on. There was a little interaction with Vulcan Taporia. They're very gentlemanly like. There's been no shit talk. Taporia has been very, very respectful, although he is firmly firmly of the belief that he goes out there and smokes him. And when you talk to him, it's not it's not just hype. You know what I mean? He does truly believe that. And there is people like Gilbert that have trained with him that are of the same opinion. But you got to remember this is Volkanovsky. And when you look at their resumes on paper, Volk's probably, well, he has fought the better people. What is your opinion and what is your pick? I mean, it's so tough because I've been I've been on Volkanovsky since this fight was announced. Like I just it's so so difficult to pick against this guy. But Gilbert made Gilbert made a great point. Like, you know, you're saying four months is enough time. And I agree in general, but I mean I don't it's just you're you're thirty-five years old, right? You just got like clean KO'd by, you know, a a, a lightweight. Did, now did you're he go adding, to sleep? did he or was it a TKO? I he was still awake. Yeah, but he was like slumped over. Like I, I don't know. It, but he was having a bad day. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough visual for sure. It's the, it's the worst I think anyone has ever seen. You know, Volkanovski look in a cage. So to have this fight now, four months later, and add a weight cut in, you know, cu- cutting back down to one forty five. Like there is just something about a guy being that confident, that sure of himself, that whole like this is my destiny, my story. Like it, you know one of these guys is going in there with way more doubts in his mind. You just can't tell me 
you you that there's that that Ilya Tapori is not the more confident guy heading into this fight. And nine times out of ten, that's who I'm going to side with. You know, regarding the four months thing, and and the reason I say that it's fine is because I've done that and I was fine. And it was after that Henderson one. But of course, I'm no doctor. I'm no concussion expert. You know what I mean? I don't know uh, the ins and outs of that side of things. I'm just speaking about my own personal experience. But Vogue did say that he did a 14-week camp. right? So 14 weeks from now, that brings us into probably start of December, one would think, something roughly like that. And he said the reason he did that, and he said it's, it's smart, uh, I'm not going to count the week back, weeks back because I could do. But uh, he said, the reason I did that, and this, I, I wish I did stuff like this, because when you do a camp, the final week, you're kind of over it. You're kind of sick of it. You're just mentally, you're physically tired and beat up, but mentally, you're just over it. That's why at the end of every training camp, when you do your last spar, you're just like, thank God. Thank God this process is over. Now it's fight week. Now it's the fun part. The hard work is done. He said, I trained about four or five weeks, first of all. He said, and then I took a couple of weeks off at Christmas. A, so he could indulge. He could have a good Christmas with his family. And then he picked up training after Christmas. But he said also, because then you get a mental and a physical break. And then you're hungry to get back into the training camp. So I really liked that approach. And I think that's really smart. And I'd like to do that. If I could do it again, I'd definitely try and implement that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so, so you didn't give a pick. Who wins? I, I'm going to say Ilya Taporia. Right, right. Brian, what say you? I'm a I'm a Volk fanboy till the end, man. I think uh, I think he's going to take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the reality is, it's a fantastic fight, and we can sit here and we've done it. Me and Anthony have broke it down several times. They're both very, very good at what they do, and I guess we're going to find out on Saturday. And we may have a new champion of the world. I tell you what, Elias Saporia. Not only does he drink loads of wine, right, which blew my mind. Right, I was like, I like this guy. Um, <laughs> he rolls deep. He walked in, and he's got a, a team of about twenty-five people with him. I said, Jesus Christ, man, you're rolling like a world champion already. He said, oh, this is nothing. This isn't even all of my team that's with me. He has got a real posse around him. He's rolling deep down down at the fighter hotel. Bigger than Nate Diaz. Uh, say again? Bigger than Nate Diaz's posse? I don't know about that. <laughs> Probably more respectable. <laughs> They're not throwing water bottles and starting fights left, right, and center. Uh, Co-main event, Robert Whittaker, Paolo Costa. Um, I spoke to Costa for the first time yesterday. I've said hi, of course, you know, exchanged pleasantries over the years. I've seen him around, said hi, whatever. But I had a proper conversation on my YouTube channel. What a lovely guy. What a lovely guy he was. And number one, he's absolutely ripped. He always is. And I was speaking to his coach. I think his name was Gilbert, uh, his new strength and conditioning coach, but his mind coach. And they were talking about how Paolo's now finally got his mind right. And now he's this new animal. He's an absolute monster. He's a beast. And, and it's going to be the best performance ever. Of course, Robert Whittaker, last time against Drickus Duplessis, right? He um, didn't go his way. We know what happened. He got dropped essentially by a jab and finished off. Robert asked us not to share this, so I can't. But he said he wasn't himself going into that fight. And he also talked about how complacent isn't the correct word, but because he's been a part of the UFC for so long and had so many big fights, and I know exactly what he means here, let me put it like this. When I first started fighting, it was just a blaze and a whirlwind of aggression, right? Then you learn to handle those emotions and you learn the sport. You get better technically. 
right? And then after a while, you're over technifying, for want of a better word. You, you get, you, you're overcomplicating it and you're making it all technical and this and that. And you kind of lose the animalistic side of it a little bit. You, 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 you look at it as a sport as opposed to, hold on a minute, at the end of the day, we're in a good old-fashioned fucking fight, dick to dick. Nipple to nipple, do you know what I mean? Right, and 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 I, and I asked him to uh, clarify his remarks, and he kind of agreed that that's what it was. He kind of got away from that side of things. So he said, in all of his training camps, it has been war. Every sparring session, he said he's been nasty as fuck, and that's what he's going to bring to Paulo Costa. He says he's taking it to him. He said, yeah, he's big, he's strong, he's formidable, he hits hard, but if I put him on his back foot, if I fucking take it to him and I just throw down and fight, that's the way to beat him. So Robert Whitaker is coming in here Saturday night with a point to prove, and he's going to be coming balls in all the way. Dude, that is super exciting because, uh, you know, we're talking maybe five years since we've had a like a, a motivated Robert Whitaker, you know, like a, the 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 last time I can remember is like that image of him alone in the arena before he fights Israel Adesanya. Like from that point to this, he's had nothing to prove, right? Any of the top guys who he's fought outside of Drikas Duplessis, he's beaten with ease, um, you know. And they like if they if they want a big challenger to come up at, at a certain point for Israel Adesanya, they would navigate that guy away from Robert Whitaker, right? Like this. This is the 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 no doubter, you know, number one contender in the division. Now he's been knocked off that perch, right? Trickus is sitting there, Sean Strickland sitting there. He has to prove something again, and that gets mm. me super excited. Because like that, a motivated Robert Whitaker. Oof. But that's exactly what I said to him, you know, when I was interviewing him yesterday. And I think I don't know either, because it was the last interview of the day for me and for him. It was like almost five o'clock in the afternoon. It's the day before the wake up. You're doing all your media and stuff like that. And you're tired, you're exhausted and you're sick of it. Right. And pretty early into the interview, I essentially said what you said. I said, for the longest time, it was you and is it right. And I said, I did say clearly you were the next best guy. Cause the reality was, is he was the champ for a long time. I said, but now the landscape has changed. Now you got, uh, Duplessis. You got Sean Strickland, you got Hamzat Chimiev, you got Bo Nickel coming up. There's all these new, there's a lot of new blood and a lot of new faces. And I don't know if he was just tired or that just kind of pissed him off because the answers started getting really short. <laughs> They're essentially yes or no answers. And I'm like, I love Robert Whittaker. He's one of the best human beings ever. And I was like, I was hating myself inside. I'm like, shit, I could have worded that maybe a little bit better. Uh, but either way, I think it's a tremendous fight. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy Paolo Costa, man. He's absolutely hilarious. He really is. How could you not? I mean, the, the guy the guy just brings entertainment, right? Like, think about the when, when he fought Izzy for the belt and he was handing him out a white belt and, you know, talking about the nail. Yeah, but I wouldn't like, bring that up as entertainment because he didn't really fight and he ended up getting bloody finished easily and then dry humped. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's I'm just not saying, a selling point. I'm saying he's he's managed to maintain his spot towards the top of the division despite... Yeah some less than stellar results because he is one of the most entertaining 185ers on the planet. And there's no denying that. And Costa's only 32 years old. You know what I mean? You think, because he's been around for a long time now at the highest level. Think about that war that he had with Yola Romero. That was 2017 or 18, 17 or 18, 18, maybe. God knows whenever it was. Seven, eight years ago. And he's still only 32 years old. Who have you got winning in that one? I mean, you know, if if you're telling me this is a motivated Robert Whitaker versus Apollo Costa that's, you know, been on his couch since he fought Luke Rockhold three years ago, I'm 
I have to take Robert Whitaker in that fight. And I think this is a big, this is a big yardstick, right? Because it's like if Robert Whitaker doesn't win this one, then you know we, you, you know the writing's on the wall. So you know, I, I, I just, I, not ready to let go of Robert Whitaker being, you know, championship caliber just yet. Yeah, well, I did an in, uh, sorry, an interview, a YouTube video, basically UFC 298, what's at stake or massive pressure on these four because that was essentially it, what you just said there. For Volkanovski, right, if he loses this fight, not only does he lose the title, right, but he's lost two in a row, he's 35, and then people start to form an opinion that it's the end of the career. The end is nigh. The, the tide has changed. For Robert Whittaker, precisely the same thing, right, a former champion, Tremendous fighter, lost to Drickers, can't beat Costa, new people coming up. Maybe the title aspirations could be a thing of the past. Ian Gary versus, um, who's he fighting again? My mind's gone blank. Who? Jeff Neal. Ian Gary, Jeff Neal. Gary's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders because he's talking, you know, he's saying what he's saying. He's very confident. He's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Sean Strickland's also joined in the rubbing of that to ensure the rub gets rubbed off, right? <laughs> so... Yeah, I think he's going to get booed out of the building Saturday night just because he's become this kind of pantomime villain to a certain degree, right? Uh, maybe he welcomes it, you know. Maybe he's partly to blame. Maybe he's not. Who knows? He does show up and he does fight. But the pressure to get the win on Saturday night is big because if he loses to Jeff Neal, the tidal wave of sh- the shitstorm that's going to come his way He's going to be of epic proportions. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, you know, Conor McGregor was able to navigate the whole being cocky without getting everybody hate, to hate him until, you know, he started throwing dollies through bus windows and things of that nature. You know, like he had already won the title. Ian Gary's already starting to rub these people the wrong way, talking about he's he's too big to bring a show back to Ireland. You know, very early really? on. I didn't, I, I didn't see that. Did he say that? He, he said that at the media day today. He said, you know, I've been trying to bring it back to Ireland. Who knows? After I put Jeff Neal, after I bury Jeff Neal in the octagon, I might be too big uh, to to bring a show back to back to Ireland. That's what Paddy said, though, about the O2 Arena. Mm-hmm. Paddy said, oh, after this, I'll be too big for the O2 Arena. Granted, he hasn't come back yet, but the O2 Arena is one of the biggest venues in all of Europe, right? And it's a, it's probably bigger than, you know, it's up there with Madison Square Garden. Do you know what I mean? It's a big <laughs> arena. Uh, I know he's speaking hypothetically, not hypothetically, um, proverbially. Hyperbole? He's speaking... Um, a load of shit is what he's speaking. <laughs> I forget the word right now. Um, Jeff Neal's a bad man, though. Jeff, I've, I've been watching his fights, doing my research, of course. Jeff Neal's got some proper power, man. Proper power. Uh, what's your pick on that one? And Brian, I'd like your opinion as well, please. Uh, I don't know. There, there's something in my brain where, you know, like the, the, the bat signal's going off. He was booked against Vincente Luque. He's the one who got sick. And all of a sudden, they didn't want that Vincente Luque matchup anymore. Jeff Neal, your number's up. There's something in my brain that's saying Ian Gary is is supposed to win this one. And I think his style is, is, you know, it's suited to beat Jeff Neal. Just real quick, did you see what Jeff Neal did to Vincente Luque? No, what's that? He beat the shit out of him. Jeff Neal won that fight. Yeah, 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 okay. Jeff Neal won that fight in stunning fashion. I mean, it was a hell of a beatdown. It really was. Brian, how do you see it? What's your pick? I hope Ian Gary gets the shit kicked out of him. That's just how I feel about it. I, like, 
I'm just spite betting against him at this point. And what you're not pulling any punches on that, are you? No. Um, hey, listen, listen, hey, listen. You you have no allegiances to anybody. You can say whatever you want. And as a fan of the sport, then you're allowed your opinion. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just, like it's just the way he carries himself. He's he's great. You know, technically, everything we've seen out of him, he's been pretty impressive. I just I just hope he loses. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, God! I, I looked at up- podcast. I, well, these I, are my opinions and my opinions I know, I know. alone. <laughs> I'm that one. I don't care. So I'm sorry. I, I looked that up. You are correct. Jeff Neal did brutalize Vincente Lucchi. He's the one who sent Luke to the hospital and that, that, that kept him out of action for a year. So, yeah, good point. This is arguably a, a way more dangerous fight. So, yeah, good luck, Jeff it, Neal. Let's get it done, baby. It's a tougher matchup. He was supposed to fight Luke, right? Gets pneumonia. Now he comes back with Jeff Neal. That's a tougher fight. I mean, all right, granted, MMA math doesn't always stack up. We know. But Jeff Neal, Jeff Neal's fired up for this one as well. He really is because, let's remember, Gary was walking around with the mugshot T-shirt, right? Let's He's be, still selling it. It's wild. Is, is he really? Yeah. As far as the last I checked, he was still on his website. I'll check right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, taking one of the lowest moments and then turning it into a T-shirt. If I was Jeff Neal, and I'm not suggesting this for one second, I'd be like, I'd be sending him a lawyer. I'd be getting them to send a decent cease and desist letter or give me some of the profits, you prick. That's my face. Um, right, let's talk about this Henry Cejudo situation. Marab Davalishvili, two great fighters. As I said before, Cejudo said, listen, if I don't win this, I'm going to retire. That's obviously putting a lot of pressure on himself, but also that's just who he is. That's kind of the ferocious competitor that he is. And he said something before today at the fighting meetings that I really liked. And you could call it, a line from a movie, or you could call it hype or whatever. He said, I'm not here to be a fire. I'm a conqueror. I've come to conquer these weight classes. I've conquered 125. I've conquered 135. I'm going to conquer 35 again, and then I'm going to conquer 45. And he said, if I can't beat Marab, then obviously I ain't conquering shit, and I'm going to retire. And like, listen, call it overconfident, call it whatever you will. But as a fan, as a guy sitting there calling the fights, I'm like, shit, that, you got some good sound bites. Sound bites that didn't go down quite so well, though, was this whole thing with his coach, head coach, Eric Albaracin. I have been in the middle of this all week, right? Because Volkanovsky said you're a piece of shit for doing it. Then it looks like the whole thing was a stunt. It was just a joke, right? Because on the countdown show, uh, sorry, on the embed, it showed them all pally and pally and all the rest of it, and he's back in the corner. Right, so I walk up. I said to Coach Eric, "I'm like, you bastards." I said, "You guys got me." He said, "What do you mean? No, that was real." So, what do you mean it was real? He said, "Yeah." He said, "No, that footage that was on the countdown show was filmed ages ago." He said, "And yeah, I'm going to be in the corner because we're buddies." He said, "I haven't been a part of his camp. I've been in Brazil training Paulo Costa and another couple of guys." He said, "So yeah, no, 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 that was true. That was real." Volkanovski says that makes Henry a piece of shit. What say you guys? Well, look, dude, I, I again, I thought this was him trying to put him over, but I don't know, dude, like Eric did say, right, to, to be fair, he did say, you know, I knew something was coming when he pulled me aside and we were on camera. And it's like, I invented the king of cringe character with Henry. Like, you have to kind of expect this coming. So it's like, I don't know, dude, you made money with the guy for two decades. Like, you, you, you kind of got to do the favors and get fired on camera at the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Brian, jump on and let's have a three-way discussion, if you don't mind. This is what I liked, because I've spoken to them both quite a lot. 
Uh, and they're both cool with it. Eric's fine with it. They're, they're, they're buddies. He said, but, and you'll know where I'm going with this now. He said, listen, we've been friends for a very long time. Sometimes we fall out. You know what I mean? He said, we're fucking brothers. We're brothers. And sometimes we tell each other to go fuck themselves. You know, sometimes we really fall out. He said, yeah, maybe a few days later, it's all forgotten about. And I was like, well, yeah, well, that's how you know that you're really friends. Because it's only with true friends, you know, because like if, if you can't truly be yourself, sometimes you got to put a false nicety on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like your brothers at home, siblings, you love them, but sometimes you do want to strangle them. But like real friends, you do fall out, but it still means you care for them. Still means if they need anything, you'll still help them. And over a few days or a few weeks or even a few months, right, you forget about it and you're always there to depend on one another. And I thought that was a really good point and I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they did say they butt heads from time to time, but he was like, look, I was down in Brazil with these guys who are actually brothers and I watched them. They hadn't seen each other for a month. The first day there, they're 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 at each other's things because that's how brothers are. And he's like, if if that's not what that guy needed for this camp, you know, you can't fault him, right? The, like he said that they trained Davis and Figueredo together to a world title. He's like, let let him coach himself, see how it works. Let Brian speak. Sorry, <laughs> no, no you're fine. good, man. <laughs> I just. Uh... I don't have too much to think about this uh, situation. I just think that it's a real piece of shit move that number one, that they faked that it was like a more like a very recent uh, firing and that two that he did it on camera. Like, I don't know if they set that bit up ahead of time or if they set it up ahead of time. He's like, hey, buddy, we're we're going to fire didn't. you on camera. No, well, that's fucked up, man. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you fired me on air, like if you brought me on air to like on a show to fire me one day. Dude, I would be so fucking pissed. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just a bad look for everybody, I think. Well, well, listen guys, I hate to say this to you. I did actually, I did actually call you here for a reason today and you know the, the way the show's been going episode, lately. You know, and you know with the inconsistencies and whatnot, guys, this is the last ever show. Uh I'm I'm starting up with Helmani. Uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh and then, all right, so that's a nice little preview. Who, who wins that fight, Marab? Listen, Marab's a monster, man. He never stops coming forward. The cardio is absolutely insane. The pressure, the wrestling, the boxing's decent as well. I think Henry Cejudo, when he fought Aljamain Sterling, I think he put too much stock in the wrestling. I thought he, I think he thought he was going to out-wrestle him relatively easily. Right, that didn't go to plan. He wasted his gas tank. Henry all week has been talking about he had a terrible weight cut because he came back after three years. He got the weight cut process wrong. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Right, only he knows that. I've got to take him at face value. Right, I don't think he's making excuses, but he wouldn't have got as tired if he wasn't trying to wrestle. So who does got heavy hands? Right, knocked out Cruz, knocked out Dillashaw. I think he made a critical mistake there. Um, that's just a nice way of setting this up. And who the hell do you think wins this fight? Well, good luck knocking Marab out, I think. Like, he's one, you know, Russian bear fighter. So, like, that's going to be tough. I, I honestly think this is just a one more name on Marab's resume to a title fight. Hmm. All right, it's, I don't know, dude. This feels like it could be. This has a chance on Saturday to be the biggest night in Georgian MMA history, right? You got you got Ilya going for the title. You got Marab clearly stepping into that undisputed number one contender position with a win. Um, you know, I mean, he he Marab has not 
uh, been knocked out before. He was submitted uh, after the bell by Ricky Simone. But um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like it's it's tough for me when when Henry Cejudo's best weapon is his wrestling, and all Marab wants to do is be in the clinch with you, working those wrestling positions, and and becoming the lower man, being the grittier guy with the better gas tank. You know, he's he's the younger man. Everything about this uh, has me leaning Marab. And when I spoke to Marab as well, he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder. I mean, the thing is, when you look at Marab, he hasn't fought very frequently. I think one time in 2023, 2022, once, 2021, once, 2020, once. Do you know what I'm saying? So the strength of schedule has been terrible. But he did say, he said, listen, he's kind of annoyed. Listen, I can't do a Marab accent. But when I beat Alto, um, he had to beat Marlon Vera at time, and I didn't get to fight. Um when when O'Malley beat Piotr Jan, uh, he get title fight. When I beat Piotr Jan, I, I don't get this. Is if I don't get this fight this weekend, then um, this is fucking, this is this is shit. Yeah, no, he's pissed off. If he doesn't get, I thought that was pretty good actually. That wasn't bad for Morab. You nailed that. Yeah. This I was like, is, what are you talking about? You know, Morab. I did an interview with him and I thought he was fucking with me because I, <laughs> I asked him about something and I used the word value, right? And he's like, and he kept trying to say values. Like, yeah, yeah, but you, but, uh, what, what is the word? And I'm like, valued? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, he kept stopping and then he kept trying to say it and then go, uh, and like, Marab's a funny little bastard. I think right? he's inadvertently I'm, funny. Yeah, but I thought he was doing a bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I thought you, I'm like, all right, stop it now. He says, what do you mean, stop this? Uh, anyway, so, uh, well, it's a tough one for both men. And there sure. it is. There's a nice little preview of the big fights on UFC 298. Um, Herringbone, non-MMA time. Ooh. All right. We'll start with Vladimir Putin. What's he saying these days? Because I know Brian's going to have some uh, input on this one. Ooh, so the comments on this are probably going to echo what Brian's going to say. But Vladimir Putin says that Russia is very close to releasing a vaccine uh, that will prevent against cancer. Uh, it did not say in the in the initial report what forms of cancer it's going to provide vaccination from. But the idea is you get this vaccination and cancer cells will not be able to form in your body. So, well, yeah, yeah. So, look, listen, by all accounts you know, the medical industry withhold a lot of very, very useful drugs that they don't release to the market because the pharmaceutical companies make so much money and that's what yes. they want. Like just for example, just recently, again, they're trying to push it down our throats that um, fats are bad for you, right? And, right. and eggs are bad for you. They, they cause cholesterol. Once again, I saw a report. They did a the the FDA did a report and the eggs. You got to avoid eggs again. It's like no, eggs are great for you. Eggs have everything in. So you can't believe everything you say. Now, when it comes to can, uh, vaccines, right? I was wrong. I don't right. I, I had this whole COVID stance. I was wrong, right? I don't give a fuck. I, you know, I'm not a proud man. I'll say, yeah, all right, I got that one wrong. Uh, I will say this, and this is nothing to do with COVID. The skepticism on this one. Let's take a guy that's potentially on the verge of World War III, right? And he's going to create a vaccine to cure cancer or, you know, stop cancer. I'm just saying, on that one, I'd be a little bit hesitant about taking it. There are so many end-of-the-world movies that start with this premise. This is how you <laughs> make zombies and vampires and, like, <laughs> monsters. Like, this is, this is how it happens. 
you, you you're like oh look cure for cancer and the next thing you know you have like your mailman eating your face when he shows up to your house like it's it's just how movies work oh god here's how the real world works though if this guy right can come out with a with a cure for cancer right if he can literally cure cancer he is going to look like a hero the world over not only that he's going to cost the american pharmaceutical companies that make tons and tons of money treating cancer instead of curing cancer he's going to cost them a ton of money which is only a it's a massive blow to the american financial system so it's like that's a win-win-win for him if he is able to provide this this vaccine and it's like why not trust that well to, to, to be honest i mean i'm no cancer expert that's going to shock everyone listening but <laughs> but it's only a matter of time you know as medical science gets better and better i mean the stuff they can do now that they couldn't do 10 years ago 20 years ago is ridiculous I, and i'm all for it and i would love to see that become a reality one day and hopefully it does and hopefully who knows may, may, maybe this is it maybe this is one of the breakthroughs that they need um but to your point harrington I mean, it would cost the pharmaceutical company so much money. You know, I, I was bored the other day. And being English, right, you're not going to like this. But this is true because I've lived in two countries for a long period of time. And the, we have the NHS. And most most countries have a national health service, right? Mm -hmm. And granted, I will say this. The service isn't as good as what I get here because I pay a shit ton of money every month. Right? right. And granted, right now in the UK, particularly because of strikes and, you know, government funding and stuff like that, the service is getting more and more appalling almost by the week. However, you know, uh, you also don't see people that get hit by cars or anything like that or, or get a sickness, illness, and they're having to sell their fucking houses and all the rest of it. They still get the treatment that they need. And I, I started looking into like all the different drugs. And there's charts you can find online. The, 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 the cost to the American uh, medicine purchaser for the, for the American is about six times more expensive than the majority of the rest of the world. And it's because of the pharmaceutical companies. It's just insane. I mean, a quick look at it, you show these graphs and some America's up here. They're all yeah. down here. And then some, there's a couple of like weird African countries that for some reason, probably because to get the drugs in there, you, you got to get past like the military coup or something like that. But generally, yeah, the States is about at least three times more expensive. It's wild. Well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, they price it that high so that the, the, the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance company can argue over it, over it and meet somewhere in the middle, which is typically why if you tell your doctor, hey, I'm uninsured, they'll be like, oh, cool, and just put you down for a generic that costs one-tenth of the, yeah. of the, you know, on-label pill that your insurance company is going to pay out Pfizer for. And it's like, it really is like a, a big, you know, circle jerk yeah. between all but, these but, companies. But, but it's crazy because my point is, is that this is the, the only country out of most of them, you know, where you have to pay privately or you have to pay your insurance, you know, and it's way more expensive because it is a business because it's crooked and it's fucking bullshit. It really is. I mean, it's, it's such a business. Why is medicine in the one country where every individual has to pay massive amounts of insurance, the most expensive. I mean, it doesn't take a scientist to work it out that a lot of people are getting very, very fucking wealthy. Not only that, but we're, one of maybe we might be the only country in the world that has uh drug advertisements on tv oh no no th that is absolutely it's correct. illegal in europe it's 100 percent illegal and it's all you get on the tv out here when i watch tv you know it's and they have the catchy little jingles 
you know, catchy little jingles, you know what yeah. I mean? They're all singing about like, uh, oh, Tesla, blah, 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 blah. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I, oh, 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 Tesla. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all Tesla. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, you don't want to exercise? Here, put this fucking injection in your stomach. Like that, <laughs> it's so yeah. broken. But a tinfoil hat on, your point Go ahead. Uh, exactly. Maybe that's why America has this agenda of regime change in Russia. Is because they're about to put out something that's going to fucking ruin the economy entirely. I mean, I always say this, and you, and you never know. Maybe Brian, I'm just making that up right now. Yeah, tinfoil hat time, of course. Like, I don't, I haven't had one for a very, very long time. But cold sores, right? You guys call it fucking herpes. We call it cold sores in England. Okay, way more palatable. Yeah, I agree. I get the occasional cold sore now and again. I haven't had one for a while. In England, you just go down to the chemist, you go to Boots or whatever it is, and you buy some Zavirax. It costs you £2.95 or whatever it is. In America, you're going to go to the doctor, which, by the way, you're going to have a copay for if you see the doctor. It's a $60 payment on top of the insurance. Right? Then you get the prescription. Then you go down there. And when I see the paperwork, the, the insurance company are being billed like $700 for a tiny little thing of this cold sore cream. Do you know what I mean? And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, it's just it's just insane. Anyway, the point of what yeah. I'm saying is, yeah, look, but anytime I say anything like that, oh, socialism, communism, it's, like, it's not socialism, <laughs> it's not communism, it's just that fucking we don't all get our pants pulled down, you know? It's yeah, actually, you've got a great service, but there's issues. It's actually like uh, more of like an oligarchy or or closer to fascism. You know, because it's like government mandated price hikes because of all, all these like loops and holes that they got to run through. And then there's no there's no uh, control on on the prices of things after that. So they can just mm. chart like this guy, uh, the the guy who's on LOS, whatever, last year, the, the guy who Ooh, bought Martin the AIDS drug, Martin Strelly. He's like, yeah, fuck it. I just, yes, I raised the price of this 5,000% because I need to make money. And it's just like, how are you allowed to do that? Yeah, because because we're going to get back into some MMA stuff and some fun stuff in a minute. <laughs> I saw Umbruvica, I think the drug was. I saw this this video, and and in the States, it cost a person. It's if you have leukemia. And we're going to get back into something in a minute, but I saw this, and that's what caused me to go down this deep dive. Uh, it costs somebody that sadly has leukemia $190,000 a year. And the the pharmaceutical companies making net profits of like twenty odd billion a year off this one drug, and she was getting questioned uh, in Congress, and she didn't have the answers to any questions whatsoever. So I googled it, and of course you can't trust everything you say on Google, but it's like a fraction of the cost, a fraction of the cost in most of other countries. And this is a drug designed to help people with a life threatening disease like leukemia. And these motherfuckers are making so much money and making it so expensive. And it's just, it's just horrible. It's just, it's actually fucking evil. If you ask me, I mean, listen, you're going to get, make money. I get that, but come on. Like that drug you were just talking about $18,000 for what I can imagine is a month supply. It's a month. Yeah. Per month, per 18 month. 18 grand. 18 grand a month. Fuck and if, yeah. And if you have insurance, you're still going to pay 20 for non-American listeners. If you have insurance, you're still going to pay 20% of that. Yeah, I do. On my policy, you still have to pay twenty percent. If you have insurance, you still got to pay twenty percent. You know, if, you, if I call if I call an ambulance, that's five thousand dollars. Yeah. 
if we have to go to hospital, it's ten thousand dollars a night in a hospital. And you're if Rebecca gets pregnant, she's not covered. She better not get fucking pregnant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, especially so since you, didn't you get snipped. <laughs> I didn't get snipped. No, I decided. Good for you. If uh, if we do have some kind of like mass extinction, we need some prime DNA, guys. I'm doing service to humanity by keeping the bloodline going. Anyway, enough of that shit. Uh, what else have we got in terms of? Well, we apologize, guys. We went down a rabbit hole there. Any big news or regarding MMA? Well, this apparently is going to be the last show that we'll do when we don't know what the UFC 300 main event is because Dana White says that he is going to announce it at the post-fight press conference at UFC 298. What can I just say on behalf of everybody watching this show, following mixed martial arts, fans of the UFC, thank God. Because the discussion over this, I can't take it anymore. I really can't. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for all UFC events. But it's like every episode of this bloody podcast, you're bringing up UFC 300 main event. I click onto Twitter. It's all people are talking about. They're crying out loud. The tickets go on sale in a few days, so they've got to announce something. Uh, that's it. We're not doing it again. But who's your pick real quick? Well, I know who one guy who my pick definitely isn't. Hamza Chimaev, who says that he is not willing to fight during Ramadan anymore. So because that's happening in April, he's going to bow out. That being said, I'm going to say Izzy versus Drikas. Izzy versus Drikas. That's probably my front runner as well. All right, fellas, are you sick of wasting money on testosterone boosters that just don't work? Well, I don't blame you. That is why our sponsor today, Nugenics Total Tea, lets you try before you buy. You can get a complimentary sample when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword believe. As you're getting older, the testosterone is dipping, the energy goes, the results from the workout, the libido, the very thing that makes you a man is starting to fade away. Every single year is getting lower and lower. So give it a boost and do it without turning your backside into a dartboard, okay? You haven't got to go down the doctor. You haven't got to get on you haven't got to get on testosterone replacement therapy. No, you got to get on the Nugenics Total Tea, which contains key, boosting key ingredients like Testafem, which has been shown in clinical studies to boost free testosterone levels in men. This is an unprecedented formula with science-backed key ingredients to safely maximize your free and total testosterone levels. It helps you increase muscle mass and skyrocket your performance as you age. Now, listen, don't be misled. Every product professes quality, but many use generic ingredients far less than the clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get premium key ingredients at the exact same powerful clinical potency used in the trials. Check this out. Nugenics is the number one doctor-recommended brand and the number one selling testosterone booster on the market for a GNC and Walmart, okay? Nugenics Total Tea will help you re-energize your life. And I'm telling you, you can get a complimentary bottle right now when you text 231 231 and you enter the keyword believe. Do that right now and also get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator available ever. Okay, all you got to do, get it for free, lose weight, get lean, feel better, absolutely free by texting 231 231 and enter the keyword believe. 231 231 keyword believe. 
shorter show today, guys, because we've got things to do, people to see, places to be. And we're already going over our time. We're recording this one late, thanks to Gilbert Burns. Brian's losing his mind because he's got to edit this up and get it up in just a few hours. So if you've got a question, you send it in to bympod at gmail.com. Believe us, let me just say real quick, the pace of the questions, the quality of the questions, it's dropped off, it's fallen off, and you need to get your shit together. You want a question? You want it answered? You send it into bympod at gmail.com. And if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating, positive review. It really helps out on those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new episode drops. And if you want to catch over 500 episodes you can't find anywhere else completely ad-free and totally uncensored, head to gasdigital.com. Use the promo code BY and get a seven-day free trial. Check out over 20 great shows on the network. Okay, so first question we have here today is from a Mr. Lee Bosworth. Ah, what's up, Lee? Just a quick couple of questions here. I'm sending this one from the love pit because I'm a bit under the weather. But first of all, do you think Jamal Hill is the most underrated champion of all time? Because that man is unbelievable and his performance against Glover was probably one of the best I've ever seen in the UFC. Um, and the second question is, do you think jiu-jitsu is becoming more or less effective in the UFC due to takedown defense and people being able to do slam knockouts and all this? Just like to hear you take and what you like to say on that topic. But Harren, it doesn't matter what you say. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> How are you, man? Thanks, Lee. Really appreciate the question. You know, shout out is probably in Geordie. Is, 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 is probably in Newcastle. I'm sounding like bloody Marab. Um, right. Jamal Hill. Is he underrated? Underrated? underrated. Sorry, very tired. Uh, underrated. I don't think so. He was the he was the champ. He relinquished the belt, tore his calf. What do you think? I don't. Th- I don't think so. I mean, look at that knockout he had over uh, Johnny Walker. Unbelievable. Look at what Johnny Walker's doing. Other than Paul Craig catching him in that submission, I think he's undefeated, right? So, I know. No, I, I don't think he is. I'm looking forward to him coming back. Him. I think he's got a tough time when he comes back. Him, Alex Pereira. Magomed Ankalaev, both very, very tough matchups. If he can get through either one of them, or if he can get through both of them, he might rule light heavyweight for quite some time. It's fair. I do see, I see more people online talking about how Magomed would beat him up, right? Or or he's got no chance against Alex Pereira than I've seen with any champion in a very long time. So I will say probably a little bit. I, I would agree that he's a little bit underrated just because I don't think people... You know, for whatever reason, you know, it's just not solidified uh, with 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 Jamal as a champion, despite the win over Glover, a former champion himself. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the second part of the question is: Is jujitsu underutilized these days in modern mixed martial arts? And I think Lee's actually onto a point there because I think to a certain degree it is. Obviously, you got guys like an Islam, or you got guys like a Charles Oliveira, Damian Myers in the past, Jake Shields, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But as this new Newer generations continue, you know, and as more time passes, I think it's becoming less effective. Not because it's not effective as an art, it's because you're getting less and less specialists because everybody trains mixed martial arts. They don't necessarily start off doing jujitsu. They're not experts in one field. You know, the sport's getting bigger. They start training with an eye to doing, you know, mixed martial arts. And even when I was training back in the day, um, I used to get frustrated sometimes, you know, because you spar or or you do jiu-jitsu 
even when I was do, doing jiu-jitsu, because we did mixed martial arts as well, our jiu-jitsu was for mixed martial arts, they would just, everyone would work back to the feet. And when you got back to your feet, then you restarted from a, um, a an even position again. You know what I mean? And sometimes, and I used to do that as well because I was practicing my get-ups. But sometimes I'd be like, well, can you just not do that? Can we just actually try and do some jiu-jitsu? Can we try and sweep? Can we try and submit? You know what I mean? As opposed to just stalemating and negating the offense in terms of grappling and finishing ability and getting back to your feet. Of course, for strikers, we want to get back to our feet. But by doing that, we're not sharpening the tools. And I think generally, yes, listen, arm bars, rear necky chokes, things like that. Of course, they still work and they still have a place. And of course, you've got to learn how to defend them. But I think the people that have the skill of fact, practicing them and finishing with them is becoming less and less. And I would actually be very interested, and maybe I'm wrong, to see the percentage. Brian, see if you can look this up. The percentage of submission finishes in 2023 compared to 2013 or 2005. I bet it is vastly different. Of course, the sport isn't as much of a secret as it is, was in 1993, so people are aware of this. We've seen the sport. We've seen the art. We know how good it is and how effective it is, and we know how to defend it against them. But I do think that, yeah, to answer his question, anyone with a shred of decency as a fighter knows how to defend all the submissions. Granted, with punches, with elbows, you soften the mob before you go for the submission. But, yeah, I do think it's it's probably a bit more underutilized as an art these days. Well, I mean, you know, just uh, by definition, it kind of has to be right. Because going back to like UFC one, UFC two, if you knew any jujitsu, you were going to dominate the field of competition. So there was a time where being a jujitsu specialist meant like you were a champion in waiting. Now we see the jujitsu specialist, the Cron Gracies of the world, uh, uh, you know, Claudio Puelas, I think was the was the last one where he he just kept butt scooting, trying to get somebody to the ground. The Ryan Halls of the world ha- haven't really worked out at the at the highest level. So I think it's yeah, sure the specialists, um, you know, are, are aren't as prevalent. But I do think that guys who have that strong jujitsu uh, uh, game in their tool belt, the Charles Oliveras <laughs> and the Gilbert Burns of the world, show that you know it is still a very very you know you you can use it at a championship level. You just got to have the hands. Oh, for the listen. Field. Without question, it's an absolute essential, fundamental, uh, fundamental. It's a fundamental in the array of skills that a mixed martial artist should have. But I'm just saying, I just think as the sport is becoming more about nullifying, defending, getting back to your feet, defending takedowns, probably, you know, wrestling isn't quite as effective these days either because people are learning how to stop takedowns. And certainly when you're mixing the cage grappling, the cage offense, I mean, everything's different. Like, look at... Uh, and, and it was actually Henry Cejudo that said this. Aljamain Sterling routinely, pretty much, throughout that fight when he fought, Henry Cejudo was able to take Cejudo down. Cejudo's a better wrestler, but against the fence, it changes everything, right? It's a completely different game. Like, and, and I even said to Henry, I've trained with some wrestlers that are really, really good wrestlers. I was never a wrestler per se. I learned a bit of wrestling. But even against the fence, I could take people down. Again, out in the open, I'd struggle. But against the fence, it's fucking easy if you know how to do it. So it, it just everything's changing or has changed. So, but yeah, Lee, thank you for your question. How are you, man? How are you, man? Thanks, Pet. Brian, we got another question, Pet. Yeah, sorry, I was just trying to do some quick maths. Uh, oh, oh no, no, no. Do we have the start? Um, I'm looking for how many submission 
wins happened in 2005, but I have 102 submissions in, uh, in 2023, 100, some 102 submissions in 520 fights. In right. 2005, there was only 80 fights. Yeah, exactly. So, so I got to find out the number of submissions in that year. But how many I'm submissions that, in 2012, uh, 2015? I will figure that out as I play this it's question right. from Matthias. Thank you. What up, Michael? What up, Anthony? Uh, big fan of the show. Matthias here from Amsterdam. Uh, I got a question for you guys uh, about the about the stuff that goes on behind the scenes because, of course, we as fans see everything that happens in front of the camera. Whether it's the interviews, the fights, the post-fight show, whatever. But I was wondering if you maybe could lift the curtains a little bit on, on what goes on backstage. Dressing room story, something funny, something fucked up, awkward stuff that goes on behind the scenes. I don't know, anything. Uh, I know there's like a code in the dressing room, so maybe you can't name any names. That's all good. I just hope you have a, make us laugh or whatever. Uh, big fan of the show, like I said. Big shout out to you guys, Michael, Anthony. Uh, Harrington, not gonna lie, whenever you appear on camera during interviews or with Michael, uh, your faces, like the faces you make are cringe as fuck, but for the rest, you're a pretty stand-up guy, so shout out to you as well. I'm Brian. If you end up uh, putting my question through, uh, shout out to you as well. All right, oh. later, guys. Oh, oh God. Wow. Matthias, thank you. I'm Shidam. Thank you. No, smoking a pancake. Uh, thank you very much, Mateus, for the question. Uh, backstage. I mean, it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. You can't pull back the curtain too far. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of any stories. I can't think of any off the top of my head. You've put me right on the spot. Uh, but there's always good energy. You know, you get there backstage, let's say the apex, you know, you're going to get your makeup done. Well, first, you get there early. And we're all having our food, and the UFC are great at providing food. I always order DoorDash, though. I get my steak and eggs from the same place every time. And everyone's buzzing about. Everyone's walking around. You walk in. Richard's there. Michael Chiesa. Anthony's there. You know, uh, Karen Bryant's getting a makeup done. You know, the producers are running past. Fucking, it, it's there's a lot of energy because everyone, everyone's rushing. You know, but in terms of stories, feeling about the curtain, I have nothing right now that I can offer. I'm a failure. I really am, but Harrington, I know those faces he's talking about. No, you're great. You're great. You're great. <laughs> you are. You're fantastic. You're fantastic. Uh, and, and I'm so appreciative of you. But we always want to learn and we want you, you do like you, you you don't do it as much anymore. You don't. Really? I've stopped because I I actively try to do it. That's the goal. <laughs> the goal is to emote. No, no. Because I'm far from perfect. You know what I mean? Four. Do you know what I mean? And I have no doubt lots of criticisms as well. So I'm not piggybacking and giving you shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what my taste is. So it's like, it's like, it's like, you don't have to look that shocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dear. We will be back on Monday. Harrington will be here. Thank you, Harrington. Thanks for having me. Honor and privilege as always, Mr. Bisping. Everyone's like, oh, picking on Harrington. I'm not picking on him. That was Mateus. That's fair. Uh, just so uh, just so we clear this up, there's 473 fights in 2015 and 89 submissions. So what was the percentage in? It's not too far apart if uh, we had 520 fights in 2023 with 102 submissions. Oh, 
So it's actually trending the other way, more submissions. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, interesting. All right, well, I stand corrected, see? I don't know everything. But, I mean, those could be wrestling submissions, too. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Harrington. Uh, guys, we will be back on Monday. Please subscribe and ring the bell if you haven't done so already. Enjoy your weekends, and we're going to have a big roundup of fights. And I'm dropping some interviews that I did yesterday on the channel. So be coming back on the daily for the content. Goodbye. Take care. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.